0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento, and man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it, so get ready to receive from God today. I am continuing, actually closing out this relationship series title, It's Not You, It's Me. I hope you've gotten a lot out of this, but today we've come to the end, and honestly, this is a message that... I wasn't necessarily as excited to preach, but it's one that I knew that God was convicting me to share. And so I want to talk to you about purity today, and it's going to get interesting. Um, That's why they told you it's rated PG-13, so take your kids up. If you didn't already, you can still do that. Um, Also, it's exciting that I'm preaching this topic when both my grandmas are in the room. So, so good to have you both here. It's going to be a fun one. My, my grandma's visiting all the way from Canada. So her first time in the building. So good to have you, Grandma. All the way, Grandma Connie from Canada. So exciting. And uh, be praying for her. My grandfather actually passed away uh, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And so she's still mourning the loss of him. My mom is as well. And so if you'd be praying for our family. Uh, he lived a great life. And uh, a long life, and it was his time to go be with the Lord, and so we know where he is. But definitely be lifting up the family in this time. So I want to share with you a sermon, a message titled, The Compromise of Purity. I was thinking about church purity culture, because I grew up in the church. Uh, I grew up going to youth ministry, and I remember a youth pastor, he took a rose at the start of the service. And he said, I want you to pass this down all the rows. And the rose was passed through the audience of students. And then when it got to the back, he said, bring it back up to me. And they brought up this damaged, broken stem. You know, flowers had all fallen off. Rose, because of all the hands that had touched it. And he said, this is some of you. Because of your lack of purity. Really ministered to me. And then... uh, I remember another youth pastor was preaching on purity and he glued two pieces of paper together. And he said, When you aren't pure, your souls are mingled. And then when you try to pull it apart, this is what happens. And he ripped it and it ripped it to shreds. And he said, This is some of you. But it was this implication that you are damaged goods if you've been impure. If you haven't honored God physically with your body, sexually with your body. But I was thinking about this because I've seen these illustrations. And I don't think that's a good illustration for us. Because what I think is I think about the stories in this room. I think about the people here who you were a young person, maybe a child, and someone molested you. Took advantage of you. And as a result... There was this impact on you. And I think about that, and I'm like, no, that person isn't damaged goods, they're injured. You see, when you sustain an injury, how many of you know you need someone and and people to help nurse you back to health? You need experts that can show you and tell you what it takes to build your strength back up. I think about those of you in here who maybe. You, you liked a girl or you liked a boy and, you know, you wanted to express yourself. So you drove off into the middle of nowhere. You climbed into the back seat and you begin to connect. And then before you knew it, things went a little further than you planned. They went a little further than even your boundaries were. And in the moment, maybe it felt right and it felt good. But afterwards, there was shame and there was regret. There was pain, and how I many know oh, you're not damaged goods, but you may be injured? I think that there's a lot of stories represented in this room of people who have had experiences physically, sexually in their life that maybe they had control of or they didn't. But so often there's this stigma that's been placed on us that were damaged goods, and I just want to tell you, I don't believe that's the heart of God. I believe the heart of God is that you're injured and that he wants to nurse you back to health. And so today in this place, I didn't want to come with a message of condemnation. I didn't want to come with a message of shame or guilt, but I wanted to come with a message of conviction that would encourage you because I do think that whether we were damaged when we were young When we were older or more recently, at the end of the day, God is still calling us to make choices right now and in the future to honor him with our lives, to honor him with our bodies. And so I want to read from John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36. Actually, I'm going to go through 38. It says this, So Jesus said to the Jews, The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Everybody say free. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father. And you do what you have heard from your father. I believe that a lot of people want to be true disciples of Jesus. I really do. I think most of you in this room, you're here because you're like, I want to be a true disciple of Jesus. I want to be a true follower of Jesus. But how many know you can't be a true disciple of Jesus or a true follower of Jesus unless you follow the true word of Jesus? And the Bible talks a lot about sexuality, about sex, About purity, and yet we don't want to talk about it in the church. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. I would much rather get up here and just preach a message on faith and pursuing your purpose because that's easy. But the Word of God goes to places that we need to go, it touches on topics that we're dealing with, and one of them is purity, our sex, our sexuality, and And how we're honoring God with it. You see, there's a religious spirit in the church that says, well, I'm a believer because I go to church. The religious spirit says, well, I'm a believer because I watch online. The religious spirit says, well, I'm a believer because my parents were believers. But the Bible here and Jesus says, look, if you're a slave to sin. If you sin, you are a slave to sin. And if you are a slave to sin, then you're not free. Only the free ones come into the home of the Father. Now, I think we all recognize that we're all going to sin, right? You're going to sin your whole life. You'll never be perfect. But there's a difference between sinning and being a slave to sin. There's a difference between sinning and being in bondage to sin. And here's what I think is happening. There are people in this room, in our church, who are in bondage and slaves to sin, and today God brought you here because he wants to set you free. He came to seek and to save the lost and to set free those who are in captivity. But it only happens when we come to the truth. You you see, Jesus is the truth. And I know that Some of you here, you're going like, I'm still bound. I'm a slave to sin. If I was honest, if you sat down with me and I asked you, you may say, yes, that's me. I'm still in bondage. I'm still a slave to sin. And here's what I think is happening. The truth Jesus came to set you free, but he requires the truth of your story. And what we do is we put on a facade, a mask, and we act like we got it all together And even in church and even with God, we're like, yeah, God, I'm good. Like, we're good. Like, I love you. Cool. Like, let's keep this moving. And God's going, no, no, no. I can't heal who you pretend to be. I can only set you free with who you really are. So I need you to bring the real you to me and let me set you free from the sin that you may be in bondage to. And I think there's some people in this place that this resonates with because you've been hiding what you're really struggling with. You've been hiding who you really are. And God's going, I need you to bring all of you. I need to see the real you. So I wanted to preach this message titled The Compromise of Purity. And compromise, you know, is accepting standards that are lower than desirable. And I think that we have accepted some standards because of our culture and what's thrown at us. We've accepted some standards that are not what God has for us. And here's what I want you to hear today. If you accept lower standards around purity, you can expect lower connection with the pure God. And I'm looking around our culture, and I'm looking at our world, and I'm looking at the church, and I think we've come to a moment where we have accepted lower standards around the purity in our lives, and we're wondering why our connection with God is not what we want it to be. It's simple. You can expect that if you're accepting lower standards around purity. I found some stats um, around pornography. A Recent Barna study, they, they surveyed a bunch of Christians in churches. Here's what they found. 64% of men and 15% of women said that they look at porn every month. This is Christians. They found that if you're between the ages of 18 and 30 and you're a Christian, so that's a lot of you, 79% of men look at porn monthly between the ages of 18 and 30 who are Christians. And so I was thinking about it because I'm like, man, is purity even possible today? Like, you're probably asking yourself that. Is purity even possible? I mean, we are inundated. With attacks, we are inundated with sexual images. We are inundated with everything at our disposal. We can see whatever we want in a moment, in a click. And I started think about it like, is purity even possible? But here's the reality: we sustained some injuries along the way. You and I. This culture has injured us. You went too far. You have a, a mental, an emotional, a spiritual, and a physical injury because of something you've experienced. And it's something that was meant to be reserved for the safety and the sanctity of marriage. That's what purity is. But God today wants to heal you. James said whenever your lust is full born it gives way to death. That's what lust leads to. Here's what I heard one person say. They said sexual sin thrills and then it kills. So I want to talk to you about what the compromise of purity brings into your life. The first thing that it brings is it brings insecurity. When you compromise in purity You become insecure in who you are, in whose you are. You have no spiritual confidence. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a church, not just our church, but the church, who are walking around with little spiritual confidence. Why? Because they've compromised impurity, and so they're insecure in their faith. Why would you be confident in the calling and the purpose that God has in your life when you're in bondage to sin in the background, in the dark? And I want to tell you right now, God can't heal what you won't reveal. So here's what I need you to do. Don't conceal it, confess it. If you want to walk in confidence and security and not the insecurity that comes with a believer who who has all kinds of stuff that they're in bondage to in the dark... You have to confess it, not conceal it. Why? Because you're injured and you need people to come alongside of you and help heal you. You know how it kills you? It kills you physically. And specifically, I'm talking about pornography right now. So this is probably for a lot of the men in the room. It kills you physically. Why? Because it doesn't help your sex drive. It actually hurts it. This is what science. Scientific studies show us. I'm not making this up. It kills you emotionally because you can't relate to or connect with people who you've objectified. It kills you mentally because there's a mental battle that brings stress and anxiety and shame. It kills you spiritually because of the spiritual soul that has been injured through something that you were not intended for. There's a nonstop weight and heaviness that never goes away. Why would we be secure in who we are in our faith with God when we've got all these injuries in the dark? So my challenge to you is that you would not conceal it, you would confess it. I know this is hard to hear, but I need you to do it. You need to find a friend, a partner, someone that you could tell this to. Some of you need to confess it to your spouse. And I got to be honest with you, spouses, the the reality is it's going to hurt if they confess it to you. It's going to hurt. Because you feel less than. But I want to tell you your response and your reaction matters. Because you cannot see them as someone who's attacking you and who's who has betrayed you. You have to see them as someone who's injured and needs someone to come alongside of them and help them heal. And so I know there may be some hard conversations out of this service today. And I pray that you go into it in prayerful consideration. But also with the mentality that I got to help my injured partner i have to help them because they'll never heal by themselves i'm just telling you right now i believe god could move in and he could set you free and he could break the bonds of sin and he could bring security into your life but guess what he created us for community the last couple of weeks, we talked about how it wasn't good for man to be alone. He saw that we needed one another. In the same way, you need community. You need people. You need to confess to someone so that you can get victory in these areas of your life. What does the compromise of purity bring? It brings insecurity into your life. Second, it brings in an identity crisis. I talk to Christians all the time who are like Caleb. I don't even feel like a Christian anymore. Why? Because I've compromised. I've compromised my purity. I've told my boyfriend or girlfriend that I, that I want to abstain until marriage, but we just keep falling back into it over and over and over. And I don't even know. I don't even feel like a Christian anymore. It brings an identity crisis. So here's what we must do. We can't fight it. We have to flee from it. You hear me? I'm, I'm going to talk about Joseph for a second. Y'all remember Joseph? Potiphar's wife? The first real housewife, she, she was chilling at home. And, and Potiphar, he, he just wasn't meeting, you know, wasn't doing it for her anymore. I don't know what was going down there. He was always at work. And uh, she was always home. And Joseph was there. it says he was handsome. He was good looking. He was fit. And every day she would ask him to lie with him, lie with him, lie with him. And he said, no, 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 no. And then finally it says she grabbed him. She said, lie with me. What did Joseph do? Did he debate with her? Did he negotiate? Did he have a conversation? Did he say, you know, this wouldn't be healthy for us? No, it says he ran about the house. He ran. She still had his cloak. It says he ran out naked. He fleed from it. My challenge to you, church, is you must flee from the temptation of this world. A lot of us are fighting it. I need you to flee from it. How do you do that? Some of you need to get a blocker on this. You need to delete. Instagram. You need an accountability partner that you meet with weekly. You need ways to flee from the temptation in your life. Otherwise, our identity gets wrapped up in our sin. And before we know it, we don't even feel like we belong to the God of the universe any longer. First Corinthians 6:18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. Flee, flee, flee. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Did you see that? All other sins are outside of the body. This is the one sin, and I would say it's a pretty serious one if the Bible tells us this, right? This is the one sin. Sexually immoral person, sexual immorality is a person who is sinning against their own body. That's why today I needed to preach this message because it's that serious. It's impacting your identity, church, because it's a sin against yourself. It's not even just against God. It's against you. Why why does it say it? Because it's harming you. It's hurting you. It's tearing down you. It's destroying you. You're losing your identity. You. The third thing. Compromise of purity brings it, it brings pain and death of the soul. The guilt or shame that comes with compromise, I want you to think about that. How often have you compromised? And the guilt and shame that came with it was a slow d- destroying of your soul. I've seen in my life because I've had moments of compromise. And what happens? In the moment, it may feel good and it may feel right. But the second it's over, there's this pain, this death. Your soul feels like something inside of you is breaking. The enemy knows where we are weak, doesn't he? He wants to prey on your weaknesses. He wants to destroy you internally. And he knows he can do that with external means. Sin, as I said, James said, when it is full-blown, gives birth to death. The pain and the death of the soul. The compromise of purity also brings an intimacy deficiency. You know, I want to be intimate with my wife. There's an intimacy that comes through our sexual connection. There's an intimacy that comes through, through that healthy connection that God created us for. But how many of you know when there's a compromise of purity, that intimacy, there's a deficiency, there's a disconnect, there's something missing from it. And I can illustrate this for you by something that Solomon wrote to his sons. He said this in Proverbs 5, 3 through 5. He said, for the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother Than oil. In today's terms, translation, she bad, right? But in the end, verse 4 but in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. You see what may look good and feel good will really lead to our death and our destruction and you know what that does then there's a deficiency in our intimacy in the relationships we have in our relationship with our spouse and there's an intimacy deficiency in our connection with god because if you are compromising in your purity how could your connection with god be right how could it be locked in how could it be dialed how could the The bars be all the way up. It can't be. There's an intimacy deficiency. I know this seems heavy and it seems serious. And it's because it is. And I felt led to bring this word today, not because I knew it would be comfortable for us, but because I I knew we needed it. But how many know there's hope? It, I was just sharing what does the compromise of purity look like or bring, but here's what I love about the word compromise. You know, there's another word in there. Promise. So just like there's a com, promise compromise of purity, and it brings some things. Let me tell you what the promise of purity brings. You know what it brings? First, it brings security in our relationships instead of insecurity. We're secure. There's a security that comes. There's a confidence in our relationships. I decided when I married my wife that I was going to make sure that I was pure in what I looked at. And so it's regular that that someone will tell me, oh, watch this show and I'll start the show. And then within a few minutes into the show, I turn that show off. Why? Why? Because that's not something I need in my mind. You can barely watch a Netflix show with some kind of, uh, without seeing some kind of sexual interaction. And I've begun to guard my mind, my eyes now more than ever. Because I want my wife secure. I want her to know I'm not thinking about anyone else or anything else. I told her when we got married, I will abstain. I, I, will, I will not let porn have a foothold in my life. And I can say, to this day, I have upheld that. There's a lot of people that struggle with it. And and not to say that I haven't been tempted, but in our marriage, I have abstained from looking at that. But guess what? I have Instagram. And there's been times that things pop up or even some people that are friends of ours. And you know, she is proud of how she looks. And so she wants to post about how she looks and how she looks in a bikini and how she looks when she's working out. And there have been people that I've had to tell my wife, hey, I'm, I'm not going to follow this person any longer. Why? Because it is a temptation for me. And like, if she wants to post the most, that's her thing. But I don't need to be looking at it. So I have to be, be diligent to unfollow, to click off, to even log out if I need to, if I'm feeling tempted. Why do I do this? Why? Because I want security. I want my wife to be secure that that when I'm with her, I'm thinking about her. That when I'm with her, I'm not thinking any other things. What does the promise of purity bring? It brings an identity, confidence. You're confident in who you are and whose you are. 1 Corinthians 6.13 says, you say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So, So what is identity confidence looks like? It looks like you and your body being lived for God. It says your body is for the Lord. It's not for your pleasure. It's not so you can feel good. I wouldn't even say it so you can fulfill your purpose or your calling. No, it's for the Lord. What is his purpose for my life? What is his calling on my life? What does he have for me? What is he asking me to give up for him? My identity is in whose I am. You see, when you walk in the promise of purity, when you walk pure in a world of impurity, There is an identity confidence. There's also life and hope in the midst of pain. Why did I throw this one in here? I said pain and death of the soul. Now I'm saying life and hope in the midst of pain. Why? Because pain is inevitable in this life. Storms, struggles, situations. Some of you have been in the middle of the hardest season of your life. I want to tell you right now, when you are walking in purity, in right alignment with God, with your body, there's something that happens. There is a life and a hope in your soul that no matter what you're walking through, you know that you have confidence in him. Second Timothy 2.21 says, Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. The Bible never promised us an easy life. It never promised us a life without problems or struggles or trials or temptations. But uh, what it did tell us is that if we are faithful, if we are faithful, then no matter what we endure, what we face, we have a promise of whose we are and eternity with him. What does the promise of purity bring? Finally, it brings amazing intimacy, if the keys will come back. Amazing intimacy. I'm not going to get weird on you up here and talk about me and my wife's amazing intimacy. I've seen pastors do it. But I'll tell you this. Chrissy and I have had healthy intimacy in our marriage for 13 years. Consistent, healthy intimacy. Why? Because we've chosen purity. Because we've made purity a priority. Because we've, we've pushed off and fought against And and flee from the compromise of purity. And so today I'm here as a testimony and a testament that maybe you have not had amazing intimacy in your marriage, in your relationships. Maybe even with God you don't have intimacy with God. I want to tell you right now, if you continue to pursue purity, I believe that that is something that God will give you. I believe it's something God has promised you. So here's what I want to end with today. I think that the reality is that God wants us to make a change today. And I'm challenging you to make a change today. And what do I mean by that? This. Why resist a temptation tomorrow when I have the ability to eliminate it today? Did you hear me? Why resist a temptation tomorrow when I have the ability to eliminate it today? Here's what I'm talking about. There are choices and boundaries and lines and protection and blockers and things you can place in your life to eliminate what could tempt you tomorrow. You could do it today. The conversations you have when you go out from this place could eliminate the temptations of tomorrow. But I think that what we do is we go, oh, I'll fight it tomorrow. God, give me the, let me just keep fighting. He's going, no, eliminate it today. Eliminate it today. I read this text at the beginning about being free. And you see, the Jews didn't get it because Jesus is like, how how can you say we're a slave? We're sons of Abraham. We're free. The Jews don't get it. And Jesus tells them, if you practice sin, you're a slave to sin. And the slave won't even remain in the house, only the son. But if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. And then he goes on. He says, I speak of what I have seen with my father, capital F, father. And you do what you have heard from your father, little f, father. He's saying, look, I see something that you don't see because I have a relationship with someone that you don't have a relationship with. You think you're free based on your earthly father, but I know I'm free because of my heavenly father. And I wanted to tell this to you today because I've been giving you a challenge to eliminate today what could tempt you tomorrow. But that could feel like it's very much in your strength. And I wanted to tell you and remind you of this text that says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. You can't do it in your strength, church. You can't be free of sin in your strength. You can't eliminate today in your strength. But I'll tell you what. In God's strength, you can. With his help, you can. And even when you fall back into it, because guess what? You won't be perfect. You will sin at times in your life. You may be even fall into something you thought you had victory over. I'm here to tell you right now, it's the son that sets you free, not you. It's what he did on the cross, not your good works. It's his perfection, not your perfection, that makes you free. It's the cross and what Jesus did. Not what we can do in our strength. And you needed to hear this because I would never want you to leave here going, okay, so as long as I'm perfect, then I'm free. As long as I'm perfect, then I'm a son. No, it's the son that sets you free. You are a son because of the son. You know, I was thinking about a story, something that happened to me five years ago. I went on a trip to... South Carolina. It was a golf trip. A bunch of pastors went, and I didn't know many of the guys. But me and one other buddy flew out there. But we had our own separate rooms. And the first night, uh, we we got there and they check you into your hotel room like a normal hotel. But they bring you into these private rooms to like give you the whole spiel and get you your key card. I mean, it's bougie. And uh, how many are all about them bougie hotels? Come on, somebody. Okay, so every once in a while we pastors get blessed, and so. I showed up to this bougie hotel, and I roll in. They bring me into this private room, and, and I walk in, and I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to lie. Like, this young female was very attractive. And I want to tell you this because sometimes you're like, oh, I was tempted, but I resisted. But it wasn't really a temptation for you. Uh, but this was one of those moments where, like, no, 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 it was real. And at the end of her checking me in, was about to give me my card, she's like, so what are you doing tonight? I was like, oh, nothing, the event doesn't start till tomorrow, so I'm probably just going to chill or whatever. And she's like, oh, maybe we could hang out. And I got to be real with you. The first thought that popped into my head when she said this to me was, no one would ever know. That was the first thought that went through my head. See, so I'm like, How? Caleb, you're a pastor. I know. But I'm also a human being, and I'm not perfect. And the, that was the first thought that popped in my head. No one would ever know. And I entertained it for a moment. And then I started to think about my legacy. I started thinking about what I preached to our church, which is one moment of weakness could undo a lifetime of faithfulness. And, and I started thinking about the God that I honor, and I started thinking about my wife and my kids. And, and real quick, I said, no, nah, I'm good. Um, I, you know, I, I just got to call my wife right now, FaceTime with my kids, and give me my key, woman. I ran up out of there. <laughs> Why am I telling you this? Because let me be real with you temptation will come temptation comes in all shapes and sizes and forms in person online when you're at the gym with co-workers uh with friends when you're on a trip but i wanted to challenge you that you would grab hold of the truth that there is a promise of purity I want to be a person that walks in the promise of purity. Not the compromise of purity, but the promise. And today, I believe there's some of you that have been injured. You were injured in your past. You were injured through choices of your own or not your own. You were injured through, through recent bad decisions. You've been injured. And today, God wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. He's not a God of condemnation. He doesn't want to heap shame upon you. He wants to change you, and he changes you by loving you and saying, I've got more for you than that. So today in this place, I believe God is going to set some people free because he who the sons sets free is free indeed. Would you bow your heads with me across this room? You're here. You say, Caleb, that's me. I've been struggling with purity. I want every head bowed, every eyes closed. This is a moment for you to get alone. There's single people in here, married couples in here, engaged couples in here. You say, Caleb, I've been struggling with purity, and I, and I need help. I'm injured, and I need healing. I'm in bondage, and I need to be set free. If that's you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. I want you to just slip your hand up real quick, and you can slip it back down. Go ahead. I'm struggling with purity, Caleb. Yes, hands are going up all around the room. There's no shame in this. This is a place of hope and love and healing. Yes, hands are going up all around. Shoot it up, put it down. Anyone else? Real quick. Shoot it up, put it down. You didn't put it up, but you should have. Shoot it up, put it down. Yes, yes. I'm in all these hands. Yes, they're still going up. Yes. There's somebody else in this room. You say, Caleb, honestly... I'm in bondage to sin, and I've actually never surrendered my heart to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you did at one time, but you've ran from God. You got caught up in the things of this world. You got caught up in in wrongful living, and today God is convicting you and saying, come home. You're my son. You weren't meant to be in bondage to sin. Come home. Come home. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come home. Let me set you free. If that's you, you need Jesus for the first time. You need to recommit yourself. I want you to lift your hand. Go right now. If that's you, yes, 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 yes. Come on, church. That's what it's about. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, today, I want to be free. No longer a slave to sin. But today, I am free. Through you, Jesus, through the cross and the price you paid, I am free and free indeed. So forgive me, change me, make me new. I'm not going to be the same. I'm different because you came into my life. I love you, Jesus, and I surrender wholeheartedly today in your name. Amen. Stand to your feet, church. Here's what I want to do. As you stand, I'm going to pray a prayer of purity over us. And then we're going to sing as our prayer team makes their way forward. Many hands, dozens of hands. I would say a hundred hands in this room. God is a God of love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, and freedom. So Jesus, right now in this place, I proclaim freedom. Break the bonds of sin. Break the bonds of pornography. Break the bonds of unhealthy living. God, break the bonds of lust break the bonds that would tear couples apart. God, I pray that you would begin to restore intimacy in marriages. You would begin to restore intimacy with our, with our Heavenly Father. You would begin to restore that which the enemy in this world, this culture has torn apart. You are a God of restoration, so restore in this place. God, we pray for purity, compromise no longer. Purity of mind, purity of heart, purity of eyes purity on our souls God we want to walk in the promise of purity from this day forward Jesus we're committing ourselves we're in a war we're in a battle and we're putting on the full armor of God we can't do it in our strength but with you all things are possible so today Jesus purity be released in this house in this church in these marriages in single people in dating couples in engaged couples purity Jesus in your name